Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. I want to welcome each and every one of you to this introductory week of a series that we're going to do entitled Let's Talk Family. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. Very first book in the Bible, very first chapter, Genesis 1:27, and then we're going to go to Ephesians 5:25. I want to welcome all those at our McKinney campus, our Hazlitt campus, those of you in a video venue here at the Keller campus or watching online, would you put your hands together and welcome everybody that's joining in with us. Before I get to our verses there and before we get into and jump into this new series, I, I do wanna celebrate Easter and I, I wanna say thank you to all of you. I wanna say thank you to everyone at every campus, every person. Uh, it, it really is a moment where the, the whole church, it's a, it's a, it's a church-wide participation and celebration, and really, it ultimately boils down to not just all of the people that come, it's, it's always the ones that God touches as well. We, we always talk about as a staff that we're, we're looking for the one, and I know all of you as a church family embrace that and looking for the one. Jesus was always looking for the one. And, and I wanna tell you a couple of cool stories. One is there was a story about uh, Alexis, who's a high school student, her friend Jasmine. I thought it was really cool. She prayed for her for two years on her prepare fasting and prayer card, which is if you're new to, to Milestone, every, every January we have a prayer and fasting time and we have personal prayer cards and we pray. And so for two years, she was praying for a friend and, and at one of our Easter services, she accepted Christ and, and the, all of the friends began to cry and she was just amazed by all of them being emotional about, I, mean, I can't even imagine if you've been praying for someone for two years, but she didn't know, Alexis, she didn't know that they had been praying and it was just a, a beautiful moment and a beautiful story. And we had multiple stories like that, but I also love the fact that it also happens in the younger generation and and our in our kids. You know, it's baby dedication weekend, and I, I love that if you're a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, uh, it's so exciting to see what happens among the the kids. And we had hundreds literally of kids who responded to the message of the gospel. They get a little sticker. And because our next gen team is over the top, amazing, they also, as they prayed, got an individual person to go and meet with them and talk with them, a, a volunteer, a staff member. Thank you to all of you that love those kids enough to go out and talk with them and minister to them. And so, so I did a little poll of all those people that met one-on-one -on -one with kids out in the hallways and in the corners of rooms all throughout Easter, and, and here's some of the kids' responses. I feel excited and really lucky to have Jesus live in my heart. I'm so grateful for what Jesus did for me. During worship, this is one actually a kid said to their parents when they came home from Easter, and their parents told us during worship, I wanted to cry. It was happy tears, and it's because I love Jesus. Here's one, I can't wait to be baptized, a kid. I'm just so happy now. 
I can't believe that Jesus did that for me. Isn't that amazing that those kids having that response, it's like, now I know some people might think, you know, what's happening with kids, is that real? And, 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 and really the truth is the Bible says not that we should dismiss their faith, but we should have faith that looks more like them. And so I, I'm just excited. As a result of all of the energy, the effort, and all of you inviting your friends, and we, we had 407 people who made a decision to follow Jesus Christ over Easter. And, and I just wanna say, why does this happen? It, it happens because of a church, a, a family. It happens because of you, all of you, every campus, every volunteer. I, I, I was so amazed. This is my takeaway from Easter, the power of the local church to express Christ. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being who you are and serving people throughout Easter. Can we give a round of applause for Jesus and his church? It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, I want to talk about family. And as I said, family, you might think, well, you're just talking about one segment. But I just want to remind you, if you're, if you're single you're preparing for this relationship called marriage. So in this series, we're, we're talking to you, and this is stuff that, that pertains to where you're going. Percentages say the, the majority of you will become married, and then if you are, are in different phases and stages of family, and, and all of us are, are part of it at some level, so everyone's included in this, and we can all grow but also, I wanna tell you, every week we're gonna to go to the Bible. And I know there's a lot of opinions on family today. There's a lot of perspectives. There's a lot of people that wanna speak about it, but I want us to let God speak first. I want us to know what God's perspective, God's desires for us in this area. He's the architect. He's the designer. He's the planner. He's the builder, and he's the one that we need to look to if we want his hand of blessing on our families. And so we're gonna look at the Bible and then I'm gonna also give you some practical help because I know you want that. And after 30 years of doing family series and family messages and, and talking about it, I, I know some of the things that you're looking for and it's the number one prayer request that we receive as a church is help with family close behind being health concerns and other crisis issues. It's the number one most downloaded content that we have that we put out there. The family has a lot of challenges today. There's a lot of challenges related to how we do life and how the world works. So, so, so I believe where, where else can you get God's perspective on family than, than we together talk about it from the, the perspective of God's word. I wanna go right to Genesis one to start this series. This week I wanna talk about marriage. I wanna talk about the central building block of the family, God's design and God's plan. And I wanna go to Genesis one twenty seven. I know a lot of people today are, are kinda like, you know, is this really important to God? You, you don't get out of chapter one <laughs> before God says, Here's how it works. Here's the plan. Just chapter one right there, you know, just a few verses in, God's like, hey, let me tell you about family. Genesis 1, 27, he says this, so God created mankind in his own image. 
The image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. Can, can I encourage you with what your desire should be for your family is not what you wanna do or what some person may have given you their perspective on or what your parents did or what someone on the internet says. What you need to be asking is, what does God bless? What does God bless? Because God's hand of blessing on your home is the greatest differentiator that you can possibly have. That's why I commend these families for dedicating children. There's, there's something in the supernatural realm. There's a, there's a divine protection. There's a divine blessing that comes from the hand of Almighty God. When we say, God, we're inviting you into this area of our lives. He said, be fruitful, increase in number, which we've got that down here at Milestone. We're, we're good at that. We're increasing in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. So he says here, there's an authority. Can I encourage you with this? Marriage, the marriage relationship, when it's unified, when it's blessed by God, when God's hands on it, it equals an authority in your daily lives. It gives you authority. In today's world where we're looking for an angle, we're looking for someone important to give us an open door. We're going to trainings, we're trying to get better, we're trying to look for a leg up and somebody to give us some kind of angle. Well, let me give you an angle. When you walk out of your house every day and it's right at home, you have an authority. You have an authority in the earth. I would just like to encourage you if we spent a little more effort on this central relationship than what we do many times, we may see different results in our everyday lives. The fact of the matter is, you can be winning and feel like you're succeeding at multiple areas, but if you're failing here, it feels like you're losing all the way around because there's an authority that comes when this, not perfect, there's no perfect marriage, but when there's God's hand on it, when there's God's blessing on it, it equals an authority. It says this, that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Jesus confirms this in Matthew 19. It's saying that there's a God covenant here. This is not just a, a, an institutional relationship. This is not a, a contractual relationship that's mutually beneficial that we test and try. There's a way under the hand of God where it becomes a supernatural covenantal relationship where God makes two people one. I want you to know the, the love you have for your children, the greatest thing you give your children is to be unified with one another. And so the unity of that relationship, and if God's design is that we should be unified, then you never have to wonder what the enemy's plan is. If, if that's what God says is the blessing, then God, he wants that, then the enemy wants the exact opposite. He wants to divide. He wants to separate. He, he wants to pull you apart. And so I wanna start this week with how do we have more connection? You, you, you know it when, when you got that connection. You, you know it when you, when, you, when you walk out to face the day and you're like, yeah, it's good. It's all good. And you know when it's off. You, you, you have these moments where it's just like, and, and I like to say it like, like, like men are a little more pragmatic, you know? Are we good? 
you know, you know, men, you're like, oh no, we're, we're not good. <laughs> and like Doc Holliday, are we cross? <laughs> it's like, whoa, it's not good. Ladies, a lot of times, I, 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 I don't feel, here's, here's how a lady sometimes, I, I just don't feel connected to you. We've, we've lost that loving feeling. We just not connect. I don't, and, and he's like, huh? And she's like, no, you know, connected. Where, we, where we're flowing. I, I know that this is a challenge because here's the reality. With no work at all, you will end up disconnected. With, with no trying. With no, you don't have to plan it. You don't have to try it. Without any intentionality at all, at all, the enemy is there to divide. He's there to separate. And, and life is there to separate. And, and problems are there to separate. And busyness is there to separate. And, and all the while, if there's power in the union, the enemy wants to divide it. And so we see ourselves just growing apart. This is, this is I can't tell you how many times I've counseled someone say, what do you want to talk about? And it's like, well, we, we just grew apart. Or, or, or many times it's like, I, I've seen it in a, in a divorce scenario or where one is separated or leaving. I've had this happen multiple times where, where somebody, one of the parties will be like, the other one left or the other one quit. And it's like, I don't know what happened. In fact, this is a staggering statistic that I will affirm from 30 years of counseling that says when a couple splits, 88% of the time, one of the two has no idea there was a problem. I wanna take you to Ephesians 5 because the Bible gives us some practical help on how to be more connected. Ephesians 5 is actually probably the most exhaustive, pragmatic, connective teaching in the Bible for marriage. It gives us so much help. And in Ephesians 5, I want you to see here that as I talk about this relationship between husbands and wives, in the ancient world, many of these marriages, a lot of times, there would be an older man and maybe a younger, sometimes 10 years younger. And, and culturally, there could be some imbalances, so some, some challenges. In fact, in Greek culture, there, there would be domineering kind of male leadership and a lack of respect for the wife or the female. In fact, I wanna make sure that I'm clear because a lot of times we think the church is responsible for some things that people experience. Actually, the Bible and Jesus has done more to elevate the, the seeing of one another through the lens of God, from, a, from seeing females as, as treasured in the hands of Almighty God and, and cherished. It's gonna encourage us, and it's encouraging husbands to, 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 to love and cherish and see their wives in a proper way. So be very clear, whether it's ethnically, racially, or, or, or in terms of male, female, the Bible's done more, and, and, and Jesus, I'm talking about the true followers of Jesus, to, to actually elevate us putting the right value on one another. But, but I do wanna say too today, we get confused by this. Equal does not mean same. So there's an order in God's word. There's an order in a, in a way in which the home has roles and responsibilities and, and people sometimes get hung up on a cultural perspective of this, not a biblical perspective. And so I wanna read here what the Bible actually says. And really in this passage, more than that, 
what it's doing is showing us what we don't always see naturally on how we should see one another in the things that add value to one another. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Men, I wanna say to you, Jesus loved us when we were not offering much to him. This is a big deal. I can't tell you how many counseling sessions, well, she, well, she, well, she. If you're in trouble in your marriage, let me encourage you with this. The only way forward is for you. If you want to see God bless it, it's for you to get out of what he did or what she did and get serious about what you need to prioritize. It's the only way you're gonna get out of where, it's the only hope you have. So he starts with husbands, not if your wife is doing everything you love. No, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. I, I love that, the, the cleansing power of the word. Man, we should try to speak those words of life over our wives, to speak what God says. It says it has a cleansing power for them by the way you talk to her. And so it says this, to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself because we're one. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother third time in scripture that he defines this. Father and mother and be united to his wife. The two will become one flesh. And this is a profound mystery because I'm talking about Christ and the church. So what he's saying here is the way Christ relates to us, the way the church operates, the familial language of the Bible, there's a connection to the marriage relationship as well. But I want us to hone in for my last few moments together because very practically when you talk about feeling disconnected, at any of our campuses or online, if you're like, I feel disconnected, these last few words are the most pragmatic teaching on actually what to do. It says this, however, each one of you also must love his wife. Love his wife, cherish her, love her, love his wife, and look what it says, as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. It's amazing, God made us and designed us and he, he knows because he designed us, he knows what actually motivates us. What, what actually can, can keep us from pulling this way and start pulling this way, it's when we are connected to him, when we're modeling our behavior after him, then we begin to possess the power and ability to offer something that would not be our natural perspective. And he says here, love for the wife and respect for the husband, make it start moving this way. I'm amazed at how many of us, again, we, we marry someone, yet we're connected, we marry, but we a lot of times forget that we marry someone usually that has different motivations than we do. Very, very common. Total different motivations, total different things that bring connection. You're like, I don't know why we're feeling disconnected, but you're, you're probably doing what brings connection to you. 
And, and this is seen in, over the years, there's become more and more studies and tests, and I'm just gonna give you a bunch of them. I'm not telling you that any of these can actually clearly define the, the absolute rainbow of, of all kinds of, of prisms and, and the created in the image of God, the, the multifaceted, multicolored that is a human being. The five love languages, one of the old ones, right? Physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, receiving gifts. My love language is acts of service. My wife's is quality time. So you say, why are you telling us all this, Jeff? Well, you could look at some of these and you could talk about them and it's kind of fun and it can create some insecurities because sometimes we feel like, well, these are the best ones and that's the bad ones and all of that. It's, here's my purpose in telling you this. Use whatever it is, but you need to get to know the motivations of your spouse. These are all just tools. They're, they're tools for working on teams. They're, they're tools that'll make you a better manager, a better friend, but it can also help you in your marriage that if you understand the motivations of the person you're married to, then you can get to a discussion that helps create more connection. And that is, if we're meant to be one, we're meant to be connected, then you have to join them in their motivations. You have to join them in their wiring. You have to love them through a lens of the way they receive love. Some of the best marriage counseling that Brandy and I ever received early in marriage was just a couple. They weren't pastors. They were just everyday people who had been married for a while. And they're like, here's what you need to do. You guys need to have a discussion and talk about some expectations. This seems so basic, but let me tell you something. A lot of people, we're, we're in trouble because we don't even know the basics. And so in that, we had to write down. Now, you don't get a grocery list. You can put down two or three. These are important to me. Brandy said, this is important to me, that you tell me you love me every day, that you kiss me before you leave. I'm like, well, praise God, I can get into that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but I might in my busyness just be like, hey, peace out, we're good. But for a long time, I know that's her expectation. So I try to remind myself every single day, hey, tell her you love her. Tell her, tell her, kiss her. Yeah, and so you, you build these things. For her, quality time. Quality time's a big deal. She, she doesn't know this, but I, I actually have people help me. I got schedule it, I plan it. It, 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 she, could, she could lose some of that. She'd be like, if you don't do it from your heart, it's not romantic. Okay, all of y'all that are romantic people, I mean, you know what? At some point, if you wanna build more connection, you might need to get a little more pragmatic to go, what is it that we can actually do that meets the needs that you're looking for to build more connection? That's my point. You gotta understand that person. How can I, how can I create some environments to win? I wanna give you, how can we be more connected to our spouse. Right here in our final moments, I wanna give you a few. These are just a few, right? And I have people sometimes, you know, email, well, that's not me. God bless you, okay? But anyway, we're, we're, we're saying just a few things that are kind of generalizations that if you're just like, man, we're, a, we're miles apart, this could help you get started. For men, here's one. Have fun with me. Now, I wanna tell you something psychologically, no matter what the personality type of men. Men connect more shoulder to shoulder. Most of the time, women connect more personal connection. 
So it's, 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 it's interesting. I, I went fishing this week with one of my fishing buddies and me and him went fishing together Thursday. And then my wife and I, 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 I kind of loaded up the front of the week. My, my Easter break was Thursday and Friday. So I, I, I went Thursday with my fishing buddy and we left at 3.30 in the morning, 4.30. We're there at daylight. We got out there at daylight and, and we, we, we were just trying to attack, man. Just boom, 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 boom. And, and, and we, we, were, we, we were all day, man. I, I don't know. It was, it was, it was 10, 12 hours and, and we said 30 words. Like, can you get me that hook? That was good. Good job. Get the net. I fished on Friday with my wife. She was up in my space. And why'd you do that? How do I do this? Let me catch one. I've already seen you catch one. How are you doing? Why don't we sit down? Aren't these trees pretty? Oh, man, the birds are flying. This is great. Jeff, I'm really enjoying this with you. Two totally different experiences. <laughs> and so for guys, it's like, have fun with me. The second one is be intimate with me. And all the men finally started listening to my message. <laughs> finally, we're talking about something in church that I've been waiting to hear about. <laughs> for guys, intimacy and sex is actually an endorsement, an acknowledgement, an affirmation. There's a physical aspect. Most of the time for ladies, there's a physical part to it, but the deepest part is an emotional part and a connection. And so I, I wanna tell you in our world, we've glorified it as the, the thing only that makes up a great connected relationship. It's almost as if we have overemphasized and made it somewhat of something that the Bible doesn't. However, when I do counseling, I'm gonna ask people about this area of their life because intimacy is, is a byproduct. If he's receiving respect, if she's receiving love, if there's connection, then, then, then that actually produces physical intimacy as well. When I do men's events, you know, I kind of talk about it again. They really perk up, like they're really bored. And then I talk about, you know, I say the word sex and the guy in the back's like, praise the Lord. He never raised his hand in church before. And, and, and many times, again, I'm trying to talk to them about this, you know, talking about this, this area and talking about for them the things that lead to these type of things. And so many, many times in these men's events, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about it and, and guys, you know, they get a little bit older, you know, they're like, I don't know if I'm going to go for that sex thing. It may lead to talking, you know, <laughs> come on, you know, that's funny. But anyway, some of the older guys out there are nodding. I measured it, I'm like, no, I think, I think I'm good. You know what I mean? Kind of like that old country song. Uh, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. But anyway, <laughs> the third thing is respect me. It says it right there. The wife must respect her husband. Men have sensitive egos. They wanna know they have what it takes. They do. They don't tell you that, ladies, but it, it matters to them. And let me tell you something. They would rather get punched in the face than disrespected. Disrespect and verbal disrespect and respecting the, disrespecting them in front of others is very, very painful. So there, there's, a, there's a, a thing that creates connection when you respect your husband. If my wife were teaching with me, we do these sometimes Q&As, she always talks about, well, we know what the other produces. So, so ladies, when you're nagging your husband, how's that working out? 
Not much results. But man, I'm gonna tell you, there's something powerful. And I, and I wanna say this about my wife. She's amazing. I, I, I'm gonna tell you, there's no way I could be as effective in ministry without the respect and love that she gives me. She, she's, I'm her favorite preacher. I mean, she, she honors me, respects me. When I walk out of the house every day, I feel like I'm the champion who can conquer the world because of the way she relates to me. And I know that there can be brokenness and there can be hurt and there can be mistrust. And I understand all of those things, but I am saying this, this respect factor. And when many times you've been hurt by other men, sometimes the man you have takes the disrespect that you wanna to give to other guys. Let me tell you, ladies, it won't lead to more connection. Now let's talk about what every woman wants from a man. It's actually more than three, but this is a good place to start. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Each one of you must also love your wife. Number one, give me non-sexual attention, connection. Back to what she says, I don't feel connected. So that connection that's found in that relationship, it's, it's more than her being an object or a prize or the means to an end. And a lot of times we'll tell guys, it's like when you're dating her, when you were pursuing her, when you were chasing her, that same concept that you, that same perspective, you know, you're just like, man, I got her caught. So you lose all of that. There's something innate in her that builds connection when there's the pursuit, the continued pursuit, the continued cherishing and valuing her. Here's number two, affirm me. She, she wants, I, I wanna say this to some of you young families as well. This is really big. If you're a younger family and, and, and you're in this phase where it seems like all of life is a tornado, and I, I'm, I'm so big on this in these younger families that in our world today, the, the, the wives of this next generation do not get the affirmation in the role that they play. And I realize we have wives that work and do different things and stuff, but there's still no replacing the role of a wife and a mom and how she, she plays such a role in the health and the, and the culture of that atmosphere. And, and I, I know a lot of young ladies that I've, Brandy and I've worked with and stuff, and it's as if our culture minimizes that. I wanna say it to you. You're, you're never gonna regret the investments that you're making. You are such a huge piece to the culture and the environment of that. And men, we need to do a better job at affirming them, their contribution. They feel like, man, I'm doing all of this, nobody sees it, and this is unimportant. And I could be doing something so much more significant. And in our world today, as we've all abandoned our roles and our investment in what we really care about, to invest in other things that no one really is ultimately gonna care about, the home has suffered. The home environment has suffered from our lack of attention. We need to affirm. We need to affirm all of those contributions. Here's the third thing, and this is on prayer requests. This is on multiple places. Be the spiritual leader in our home. That's why I'm so passionate about discipling men. Men hear that and they're like, I know how to get a deal closed. I know how to you know, 
get this trophy or that trophy or win a golf game, but no one's ever taught me. And I want to tell you what I'm so proud about in the, the men, every campus, and all of our church, the growth that I've seen. And, and, and the, I did three years of research on the men of Milestone that I did as part of my doctoral dissertation. And percentage-wise, there's more and more of you that have grown in your faith and grown in your home and learned how to pray with your family. And, and I know that's intimidating if you haven't been around it, but I'm gonna tell you, that's what your kids and your wife are praying for. I had a man recently say last Christmas as a result of going to one of our men's groups, it's the first time that he went through Christmas and he wasn't worried about his wife looking at what was on his phone. I have stories and stories after men who have said, I've, I've learned how to pray with my wife. I had a guy in one of my Bible studies that's a very successful person who runs a significant organization. And I'm gonna tell you, he does presentations and I challenged him. He said, man, there's not enough connection at home. I said, go home and pray with her. Tonight, I want you to grab her hand and say, honey, what's on your heart? What can I pray with you for? What, what? It doesn't matter about your words. It's about your desire, your intention. Just pray with her. The guy's like broke out in hives. It's intimidating if you've not been trained in it, you hadn't been equipped in it. The world doesn't affirm you in it. But be, step up and be the spiritual leader. Your kids and your wife and your family are praying for you to do that. Yeah, come on. We believe you can do it. Here's the final thing, and I'm gonna pray for you. Here's the final thing, because some of you are like, man, that's a lot, Pastor. I don't even know if I can get there. Everybody can do what I'm about to say. If you're in trouble in your marriage, wherever you're listening from, if you're in trouble in your marriage, I have seen God bring two people that the world would say it's finished back together. I have seen it happen too many times. You can't convince me that it can happen. If, if you're just marginally disconnected, everybody can take this step. How do we really get closer? Well, it goes back to Genesis. It goes back to Ephesians. And, and the problem is we have a false thinking. I fell out of love. We grew apart. You don't grow apart, you just end up apart. You grow together. It takes intentionality to grow together. It takes nothing to grow and be apart. It takes no activity at all. But what we think is we are two individuals by ourselves trying to do this on our own. And if you'll do what I need and, and I can do some things, then like the two of us, if we'll do it, then, then, then like if you'll do some of your part and, and if you'll put something on the table, then I'll put something on the table. I could sum this whole series up. Listen to me. I sum this whole series up and then, then, then just take a vacation. Quit being selfish. Selfishness kills connection. Quit being selfish. Think about the other person. The world tells you, well, we are two mutually beneficial individuals that are now contributing to this relationship and arrangement that we have put together. And I don't feel in love. Let me tell you what God's strategy is. We think that. That's circumstantial. This works every time. The closer each of you get to God, the closer you let God work on you, 
the closer that you get to him, you don't possess the natural ability to be close to a different individual than you that doesn't meet all of your standards. They don't meet their own standards, much less your standards. You'll never be able to be close to another human being, especially if they're different than you, but God. And I've seen it over and over when people start getting serious about their relationship with God. I'm talking about not playing church and kind of casual Christianity and getting trapped in weird religious stuff over here that makes you feel super spiritual. I wanna say this as well. I see a lot of super spiritual people that know how to talk super spiritual language. Let me tell you what I think spiritual. Show me your marriage. Show, get, get serious about that. Quit living over here in all this philosophical Christianese and all these different things over here that make us kind of feel like we're, no, 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 no. Get serious about, this is what's spiritual. Start investing in that person that you married and you made a covenant before God with. Start prioritizing that. Start making that your goal. And I'm gonna tell you this, you can't do it on your own. But man, if you'll fully surrender to God, I mean, some of you may be in such a broken place that you may not see results in that other person for six months. You're like, well, I don't know if I could do that. If they keep talking ugly to me and then I still have to love her when she's disrespecting me or, or, or you're telling me to respect him and, and, and he, and all, I, you can't do it on your own. But I'm gonna tell you, God gets involved and you do it to please him. You do it to honor him. You ask him for his power. You ask him for his blessing. I will promise you, the devil will make you think it's not working. He'll keep telling you, well, you deserve better. You deserve. All the, everything in our culture just keeps speaking to that garbage. But I'm gonna tell you, God keeps saying, hey, just bring it back to me. Bring it back to me. Love her, respect him, keep bringing it back to that. And I'll promise you this, if you keep doing it, you're gonna see God move in that relationship. I've seen it happen over and over and over and over and over. Everyone bow your heads with me. I wanna pray a blessing. Lord, I pray right now over every home, over every marriage, potential marriage, I pray right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that where there's disconnection, one, Lord, I pray where there'd be connection to you, that, Lord, there'd be a surrender to you. And, Lord, I pray as we surrender to you, you're changing us. And, Lord, let us, let us not love through the lens of how we think it should be, but offer to that person that we have been given by you. Lord, that we do it to meet where they are, Lord. You'd, you'd bring us closer. you bring us more unified, Lord, there, where there's authority and there's your grace and blessing and power in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.